0: Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one, until he finds it. And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman having 10 coins and losing one would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors. And says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field and on his way back, he, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, For him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord, Lord Brothers and Sisters. So this morning is one of those mornings that. It's always fun to preach because there's about three seemingly unrelated themes to talk about. We used to have a competition in the seminary when we were in homiletics class, and it it was sort of like, you need to preach on repentance, a 1980s television show, and something else. And if you got all three, you got, I don't know what we give each other. So this week, we have a seminarian speaker who will speak after Mass, because we have the Bishop's Appeal for vocations. It's also the anniversary of 9-11. And then the given readings of the day. And so as I was reflecting on this, the line that came to me was, vocation as the fruit of repentance. Repentance. Because in the readings, we have all of these readings that point to repentance. In the book of Exodus, Moses goes up the mountain, and while he's up the mountain, all the people make the, fat, make the golden calf. And then the Lord says he's going to destroy them and start over again. But Moses pleads with him. And he says, Why, O Lord, should your wrath blaze up against your own people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt? As if to say, Lord, you're trying to show these people that you're not like Pharaoh. Why would you destroy them? Because that would make you kind of like Pharaoh. Because the Lord is not like human leaders. The Lord is not like our human father." The Lord is not like our human mother. The Lord is not like our pastors. The Lord is the Lord. He's completely other. He's holy. And when we place ourselves in that narrative, where do we place ourselves? Because oftentimes we are like the people who made the golden calf. Moses goes up the mountain and they think he's going to come back and then he just doesn't come back. He's up there for a really long time. And so what's going on in their heads? Well, Moses is said he's going to help us. He led us out of Egypt. We went across the Red Sea. Now we're in this place. It's kind of scary. We don't really know what's going to happen next. Moses said he'll be right back, and he's been gone for a really long time. Is he actually coming back for us? Or has he abandoned us? And for a while, they probably prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, like, Lord, please send Moses back to us. And then started to doubt whether or not the Lord would answer them. And as they doubted, they were tempted to infidelity. They were tempted to look to something else. As they doubted whether or not God was going to answer them, they turned very quickly to earthly things. How often do we do the same thing? Jesus, please help me with this. Jesus, please take this sin away from me. Jesus, please bring my family member back to the church. And it seems the response is delayed, 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 delayed. And we can be very easily tempted to turn to earthly things. And Moses pleads to the Lord... And the Lord has mercy on them. In St. Paul's letter to Timothy, he speaks about the repentance in his own life, saying, I'm grateful to him who has strengthened me because he considered me trustworthy. And St. Paul goes on to say, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated The grace of our Lord has been abundant. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of these I am the foremost. So when St Paul is writing to Timothy and Timothy is his young sort of seminarian in many ways. He left Timothy in charge of the church. So Timothy's sort of a young bishop. And St. Paul reminds him of the fact that he has been chosen by the Lord despite all of his shortcomings. And so he goes on to speak of his personal shortcomings. That I was once a sinner and our Lord entered into my life. As I encountered his love, it brought about repentance and conversion And that's how I became an apostle. And so it leads us to ask ourselves the question of how has our Lord shown that kind of mercy in our lives? And to reflect more deeply on that. Because we all have been lost. Do we really realize how much our Lord has sought after us in our own lives? Do we believe that He loves us with great passion? That He has zeal for us personally? Because that's the point of the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. Oftentimes, we can fall into this thinking that Jesus, he loves me, but he only really loves me because he has to, because he's Jesus. If he was standing right in front of us, he would say, I love you very much. And we would say, yeah, but you kind of have to, you're God. Does that count? Does that still count? Or Jesus loves everybody. He only loves me because I just happen to be like the part of the everybody. But when he says, Who would leave the 99 to go after the one? He reveals to us that he has great zeal for us personally. Because we are the one, we have been the one. Every time we fall into sin, we are the lost coin that sort of fell into the grates of the heating duct and nobody can find it for a really long time. And our Lord is the one who sweeps the house, seeking us out. In the parable of the prodigal son. Answers sort of a third objection, a kind of objection. Because sometimes we can also say, well, Jesus, he wants to help sinners who were ignorant, but I should have known better. Like, do you realize our Lord loves you even though you're a sinner? Yeah, I mean, maybe the first time, but now I should know better. And so he's really waiting for me to fix myself and get better get my act together. Once I get my act together, then Jesus will love me. But in this case, there's a son who goes to his father and he says, Father, I want my inheritance right now. He should know better. And he knows full well what he's doing because I'm sure there was some kind of process that they went through. Splitting up the land. Here you go. And then he goes off and he spends it all. He spends it all on his sin. Finds himself destitute because of a famine. And then it says he comes to his senses. So at that point, he really comes to his senses. And he realizes that I should have known better. And I don't really deserve to be loved by my father anymore. And he's good with that. I don't deserve to be loved by my father anymore. I accept that. I'm just going to go back and do penance for the rest of my life and make up for it. Maybe on my deathbed or on my father's deathbed, he'll call me his son again. Makes up his speech. Father of sin against heaven against you no longer deserve to be called your son and treat me as one of your hired servants. He starts going back to his father practicing his speech over and over and over again. And imagine his experience as he gets to the property line. And he's probably filled with nervousness that he's going to be rejected. And he sees his father running towards him. Now, if I was in his shoes, my first thought would be that he's coming to tell me, get the heck off my property, because I know I don't deserve to be his son anymore. So he sort of takes a deep breath, gets ready to say his speech, and his father gives him a big hug, probably thinking to himself, what's going on? He's not supposed to be doing this. Father of sin against heaven against you, I no longer deserve to be called your son. And then the father interrupts him. He clothes him. And he says, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him, but a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Because this son of mine was dead. And has come to life again. This son of mine. And when he hears those words, it's so unbelievable that it transforms his heart. It transforms his heart. You know, that is what all of us are called to. The transformation of our hearts that takes place in the context of mercy when we realize that our Lord has loved us even in our sinfulness. And we're able to finally accept that. And so often we prefer to be the older son. People say, Father... I relate more to the older son than the younger son. My answer is usually try to be the younger son. Because the older son doesn't repent. The older son is the Pharisee. And he gets angry and he gets jealous. And he doesn't feel loved by his father either, even though he does everything right. The father says the same thing to him. He says to him, My son, you are here with me always. But it doesn't quite ring the same way. Because the older brother who has done everything right hasn't allowed himself to receive mercy. It's that encounter with mercy that leads to repentance. Repentance. And as with St. Paul, that repentance leads to vocation. And I was reflecting even on my own vocation story and how I have probably been all of these characters in my life. I felt that I was called to be a priest from the time I was very young. And then in college, My time as an infantry officer in the army, I was running away from our Lord. There were times when I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't recognize who I was anymore. And then over time as our Lord showed me his mercy... It allowed my own heart to be transformed. Which became the font of the zeal I have for my own priesthood. And this should be our prayer for all of our seminarians. That their time in the seminary is a time of facilitating that encounter with mercy. So that their hearts be transformed and that repentance becomes the font of their apostolic zeal. As we reflect today also on 9-11 and how 15 years ago all of our sort of security was rocked. It is an opportunity for us to reflect on the fact that we all need to go deeper into our Lord's love and mercy and security. It's not a very fruitful exercise for us to try to determine whether that disaster or natural disasters or anything like that are God showing his wrath. but we can say that they are reminders of our dependence on the Lord. After 9-11, 15 years ago, every church was packed. Because people felt a great need to go to our Lord. I have no control over my life. I need to give control to Jesus. perhaps they decided to repent of their sins. But then we can kind of become lazy like the Israelites waiting at the bottom of Mount Sinai. And so this day should also be a reminder to us that we need to surrender our lives to our Lord to allow ourselves to be the lost sheep or the lost coin or the prodigal son. And let us pray for the grace that our Lord's love and our Lord's mercy, our Lord's zeal for us as individuals will transform our hearts. And like St. Paul, we may go out to spread that to everyone we encounter.